Yes. All right. I'm going to just, uh, what is it? Pa pa pump and dump this information. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So I've been learning a little bit about protopian futures and, um, what made me interested, I'm going to play the clip in the next couple of seconds by Jordan Peterson, is that I picked up on how that statement, that 30 second statement that I'm about to play is in such stark contrast to what I've come to understand about the protopian future, right? Protopian future, uh, we explored this yesterday was um uh do I still have the tab open protopian well protopian had to do with a slow and steady um let me let me type it in real quick i am not going to re-record this cuz i i have stuff to do real quick so protopian bear with me for one second <clears throat> Go with the internet so protopian means um a future better than today but not perfect and protopian societies are ones which slowly and steadily improve the quality um, of life for their inhabitants so i'm gonna play this clip that i heard by jordan peterson and you're gonna hear how his views are so different and my question what i'm gonna put in the in the description is is this a dystopian perspective. So here we go. I'm going to play it. And then I'm going to close out with the definition of dystopian. Notice that food has become much more expensive. That shelter has become much more expensive. That energy is more expensive. That many consumer goods are simply unavailable. Can you not see that this is going to get worse if the Deloitte-style moralists have their way? How much short-term pain are you going to be required to sustain? Decades worth? All your life and the life of your children? It's very likely for your own benefit. Remember that. And all this painful privation is not only not going to save the planet, it's going to make it far worse. Have okay, so those are his views. So let's check out the um, definition of dystopian. So my question is, is that 30-second statement, is that protopian or is it dystopian? So let's um, explore what dystopian means. Um, so here it says, it is a person who imagines or foresees a state or society where there is great suffering or injustice, which is kind of interesting too, because we've been talking about the difference between a man, a man and a male is that, um, males tend to just stay in the background and they're just kind of like body masses that build for other people for the brains, right? Pinky in the brain type of a dynamic where brain is this short squat, pleasantly, you know, protected and pudgy guy, but he's the brains. And you have this tall, lanky um, pinky who is supposed to be like the muscle, right? He's lean. He can get in and out of places. He is sent out to, to 
enact certain things, right? Um, but here you have someone who's looking to the future and both the dystopian and the protopian views um, are different. I think that um, what I like about protopian is that we address the challenges. That is a modern term that was coined by, I believe it's Kevin Kelly, if I remember his name correctly. He's the author of the online magazine Wired. But, um, but and so it's acknowledging, okay, we have some problems. How can we make the world a better place? Okay, we have urban conflict, urban strife. We have disease. We have poverty. We have problems in our supply chain. How do we make this better? How, what, what's at the core root of all of this? And we understand that with steady, slow, incremental changes, it's going to create a better life for the inhabitants. And I do like to think that Black women are kind of leading the mental map or the thought process that goes to that, or they're contributing, right? They're contributing to it. Um, they, we do have men that are also forward thinking in terms of, you know, electric vehicles and going to Mars and the moon and and creating systems, you know, some for the better, some maybe not, maybe some for their best interest. But what's different about this guy looking forward is that all he sees is just great suffering and in, and injustice into perpetuity, right? And um, I want to close out with this clip that I just heard by um, Robert Green. Uh, let's see here. And I like it too because I want us to adapt more of this mindset, right? And I think that even here... I could make the assertion that Robert Greene is more of a protopian and he's gone so far as to give you a strategy. So let me play this and I'm going to head on out. Never see a situation as hopeless. So that's someone reading that question to him from his book. And then the next, vo next voice you're going to hear is Robert Greene. Your own weakness can become strength with clever manipulation. The person I used to illustrate it is Napoleon Bonaparte, who was a grand counterattacker. That was his favorite strategy in life. And Napoleon was a very weird character. He actually loved bad situations. He almost had a way of putting himself deliberately in situations that were very adverse, where everything was against him, because his whole mind would rise to the occasion. And his philosophy was, anything negative, anything bad happening to you, contains the seeds of a turnaround. You can turn it around into something positive. And, you know, this, this could be the fact that your opponent in the battle is suddenly getting a little bit aggressive and carried away and arrogant. You can use their arrogance to turn it around. I think, you know, this is sort of a, a beautiful philosophy in life, if you will. And I love it. I think that Let's keep championing. Sometimes it gets a little bit hard. Sometimes we can feel a little bit beat up addressing the issues. <laughs> I even reflect on myself, but this makes me want to go even stronger and harder because those challenges are the opponents, right? And 
um, if my goal and the goal of black women as we're having these, because this is the thing. If you, it's almost like disciplining a child. We've been talking a little bit about mother nature, right? Or maternal characteristics. If you love your child, you will discipline your child. There was another um, short I was listening to earlier this morning that as early as the ages of seven and eight, children learn how to manipulate um, people to get certain outcomes. In the sense of, because I don't want people to... um, Misconstrue, misconstrue it for evil intent. But what I'm saying is they are taught what to get away with. Like if they understand if they can throw a temper tantrum, then they're going to get the ice cream. They understand that if they, um, um, you know, keep whining and complaining, then they don't have to eat their carrots and vegetables. And so then when they get into the workplace or they get into school, they understand that if they don't do their homework assignments, then people are just going to back off. Or if they start to whine, then the teacher is not going to give them assignment to, you know, do a certain task or responsibilities around the classroom. Excuse me, because they just don't want to deal with it. Well, I've been learning about human behaviors, but um, I do like that. What he's talking about is we can... We you you learn that that you can take corrective measures, right? And the fact that we're addressing these issues mean that we have hope for the future, right? We understand that we win the battles, and if we win enough battles, we can win the the war. And we keep moving the goalposts. So it's small championships like getting justice for Sean Quella, right? Um sending a message that life is precious and that it doesn't matter where you are on the face of the earth, the sisterhood is going to stand up and get um, um, justice for her, right? And so that means it's going to be a better future for my God kids and for my niece and her and her kids if she chooses to have them, right? Um, that they should be able to travel and not have anybody lay hands on them anywhere on the, on the face of the earth, really. And that it's no longer going to be a safe place for you to take advantage of, you know, people who are um, not able to defend for themselves and to, and to prey on others. So I know I like all of those three things. I think we're, we're learning three new terms, protopian, which is the slow and steady, um, there's that third word that I, slow and steady, Mm-mm-mm. improvement, slow and steady improvement of the quality of life for the inhabitants, you have dystopian, you also want to pay attention when you listen to people, and it's not just you know, saying Jordan Peterson, that's just one 30 second statement from him. But even when you listen to other people, um, do they have protopian perspectives or do they have dystopian perspectives? And coincidentally, you also have people who have, who have utopian perspectives. Utopian is an imagined place or state of things in which everything is perfect. (laughs) 
And and to me, that gives that type of person that's just detached from reality. But at the same time, uh, as I'm closing out, I do believe that, that there can be two realities, right? Or in this case, three realities. You really can be living in a life like where I live. Homelessness is not, is not an issue. Where I live... I can eat what I want to, drive my car when I want to, my car is paid off. Finally, you know, um, and life is just peachy and grand, right? That is a utopia of sorts. But I'm more protopian because I understand there's issues we have to address globally to make the world a better place not just for me but for my the, the, the little ones that are coming behind me and I also understand that you know just 60 miles of here I can have people who are homeless who are living in their cars who are experiencing the cold bitterness of the winter we both have our two different realities and again, as we're closing out, I think that the difference between um, dystopian and utopian is that utopian is forward-looking. Both of them are forward-looking, but one is pessimistic outlook and one is optimistic out outlook. And dystopian is just kind of like, man, things are rough now. They're going to continually going to get worse. But as we're closing out, um, Robert Greene and and he was um referring to his uh strategy from the book uh 33 laws of power um is learn how to be counter how to counter attack things right learn how to mastermind how to get out of these situations quicker and faster there was another um short that i heard earlier this morning where he was learning about even learning how to pick up things on your radar quicker and sooner and faster so that you can protect yourself and practice, I think is it like deference or descent, right? Deference, I think it was, right? But let's not, let's, let's understand that the locus of control lies within ourselves and that we have the ability to um, enact things and address things that that if we address it and we work towards it, we can make the world better. Is it going to be better overnight? No. You know, sometimes there's a lot of play on um, words about all of a sudden you're just going to wake up and things are going to be, powers are going to be handed over. No. You take small inches. You take small baby steps, incremental steps, 1% a day. If everybody in the sound of my house, sound of my vo- <laughs> sound of my voice were committed to be becoming 1% better of themselves every day and even using the stuff that we've been learning from Robert Greene about learning to be strategic. As you're meeting people and you start to meet people who are, you know, key players in in the your local city, what does it mean for you to start going to those city council meetings and having conversations with them and giving them your insights or sending those emails or making those phone calls or sitting on those school boards, right? Or hospital administration boards or sitting in those meetings. 
It's even things like when we have conversations about what's happening with Kanye and still in 2022, when Adidas hired this man and gave him a contract, he was subjecting the women in the workplace to sexual harassment. He was showing them pee videos, um, not pee as in urine, but I can't see out the whole word. Um, but Kim did a video with Ray J. He was showing um, women at the Adidas workplace that type of um, content. And it's like, if we address those issues yet and still again in 2022, and we send a clear message that you don't bring that kind of content to the workplace and use it to lord it over the women in the workplace. And even when you see how he treated the black woman and had her sit in a corner on the floor for three hours and not one person came to her defense or addressed the behavior, you know, um, because they didn't want to be the person that would lose a job or their opportunity to work with Kanye and don't want to get blacklisted and that's more important to them. Um, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> if I read the comment that he... <laughs> oh my gosh, these people. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got an instant, uh, instant messenger. <laughs> Oh my gosh, let me get off of here. But if we start to have these conversations and address it now, it means that when my daughter starts working, my daughter, oh, what? Freudian slip? When my, my god kids are in the workplace, you know, my niece and my goddaughters are not going to, it's going to be a very loud and clear message that, it's not worth jeopardizing your job or your career by bringing that type of content into the workplace. And that's going to make it much better for my, but we have to address those challenges, right? And it's with the understanding that one thing at a time, we send the message to the Weinsteins of the world, the Epsteins of the world, the um, Cosby's and R. Kelly's of the world, right? And Today, it's Kanye, and tomorrow, it might be someone else. But even in five years, in 10 years, I hope that it changes the workplace and makes it just that much more a little bit better. And then maybe, you know, my, what would it be, my grand godkids? Is that how it goes, y'all? Like my... um. Uh, or my grand nieces and nephews will have a utopia, right? More we can move more of the population from a dystopian perspective to a utopian outcome. That is my goal. I think that that's part of the what's being championed with a lot of the Black women experience um, content creators. So, 
All right, y'all. I'm going to go. Until the next one. Bye.